0: This is your boy, Savon, checking in from the Living Room Podcast, and I got a brand new episode for y'all, the people, for the culture, and shout out to the new year, because we in 2021, man, 2020 was long, man, it was hectic, it was a lot of stuff going on in in 2020, man, and we under under a new president, we under a new year, it's a new season, so let's just start things off right, man, I got a special guest up for y'all, man, his name is Mark McKinnon. He's an actor, man. A real special guy. Real passionate about what he do. And I just want you to check in and, and listen to what he has to talk about, man. We had a chance to chop it up. So stay up with me, all right?
1: All right. Thank you for checking in with the Live Room Podcast. My name is Savon. I got actor Mark McKinnon here joining me here today. Thank you for uh, joining me here, brother.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm honored to chat it up with you, man. I'm excited.
1: No problem. No problem. I was looking forward to this, man, because I see um, you're HBCU alum, just like me. You went to Howard. I'm you. So this is good. Hey, okay.
2: Love HBCU. Love, yeah, man. I HBCU love to hear that, man. HBCU all day.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, from my understanding, you you got your startup. You, you want to play football. That's what, That was something that you had going. You want to play pro ball?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It actually started off with basketball first. So my first three years of high school, I was doing basketball, but uh, it was this one guy who was on the basketball team who also did football. He was like one of his biggest regrets when he was graduating that he didn't get football a try. So when he said that, that planted a seed in me. I was like, you know what? I don't want to graduate high school and never had tried football. So my senior year, walked onto the football team, ended up being starting wide receiver and cornerback, ended up winning MVP of the team. So the one year that I went to go play. I developed this new love for football. I had college scouts coming and seeing me in the school, I'm going on visit, So that's when I really started to want to be a professional football player. Uh, so it did start off with that, man. I miss football. I, I wish I could still go do it, you know, but man, it was definitely how I got started with my life.
1: Definitely, definitely. And, you know, when you attended Howard, was that something that you were participating in as well?
2: Yeah, my freshman year, I walked onto the football team because Howard was one of those schools that didn't offer me a scholarship. It had scholarships from a lot of other places, but Howard wasn't one of them. However, my mom worked there. So because she worked there, I was like, well, my tuition would be paid for because they had remission of tuition. And I was like, I'll walk onto the football team, which I did. But once I started to go to the practices, they started conflicting with my schedule that I had for the theater arts department at Howard. So I had to make a tough decision and I ended up going around and following my dreams from acting.
1: Cool, cool. And from there, you, you got the acting bug. It's something you want to participate in. What brought you to, to wanting to get into that realm of things?
2: Well, my first experience in acting was in my junior year of high school. Um, I took a drama class. And when that uh, that fall season, my drama teacher was directing the school play. And I went there just to sit in the auditions to support some friends. I didn't want to you know, be in it. I was like, I'm just going there to support. And they ended up asking me to go ahead and audition. So I did and ended up booking a lead role. So that was my first bite at acting. But what made me really want to stick to it and continue to grow in acting was I saw the social change that it caused. So at my school at the time, it was predominantly uh, you know, diverse. It was like a lot of, you know, black, it wasn't that many blacks, let put it like that. And definitely in theater, it wasn't too many blacks. And so when I got into the play, here you got this athlete <laughs> in the school play and a lot of my teammates came out to laugh at me and talk about me a little bit, but then that following season, so many of them came out to audition. So when I saw the effect that it had on my friends, on the players, when I saw how many Blacks started to be a part of the theater arts program, I was like, wow, me doing the play, doing a story, that led to that change? I wanna do this on a higher level. And what you see in films and TV shows today, how many shows have you watched? And you're like, you felt like that character showed you something about yourself or about somebody that you know, you know so theater arts, acting, you know, film and TV they literally affect our hearts, they affect our mind. And I wanted to be a part of that.
1: Got it, got it. And from there, you, you hit the ground running, man. Um, I see you had some guest roles and you have some reoccurring roles. Can you walk me through how the step came from you starting out with just doing that in the drama class and gaining the love and the passion for it to you know in the ground running and being set full of this is what you wanted to do and what led you to your first role?
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, first I started doing like local industrials and commercials in the DC area. Um, that's what got me started in the, on a professional level. And then I started taking classes in New York, started meeting different people in New York. And I finally got a manager in 2016, uh, Christopher Severi, who's still my manager to this day. And literally within the first like two months that I was with him he got me in all these network tv auditions for like literally every single network you could think of and within a three-month period I literally booked like four roles after being under him and him helped guide in my career and help me understand my brand so that's when those roles started coming was like when I had the right representation you know that's what I'm always telling actors all the time you know it's important who represents you because their relationships their knowledge they literally help you get into the door
1: that's great. That's great because I, I see you have guest roles in FBI and Blue Bloods and everything like that. And you know, you had your, your guest spot appearances um in Gotham and, and things of that nature. And it's like you, you started off in football, mm-hmm. which that was what I could say. Can we say it was your first love?
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. It, it was. So
1: you yeah. Started off in football and made the transaction to acting, which is like, you know, the, you, you don't think of them being in the same realm at all, but the, to now have that other passion and now want to do acting and, and, and keeping along with it, mm-hmm. I know it is probably a struggle um, getting into it because how the industry looks at um, the opportunities for Black actors, mm-hmm. and it's not many uh, Black TV shows or anything. And you don't want to put yourself in the... Um, you know, in a bubble of, Hey, I'm a black actor. I just want to be in black TV shows. I see every role or anything you was involved in is very diverse. And is that Mm -hmm. something that you make sure of when you're looking into getting into these roles?
2: Uh, At first it wasn't, it wasn't a thing that I was aware of even though it was there. Like I was just focused on building my own career. But as I grew older and I started maturing life and I started being a little bit more observant of what was happening in the world, it became an important thing to understand that we need to be inclusive. You know, We need to make sure that we have the right opportunities and not just the right opportunities, but fair opportunities for us to show what we can do, whether it's in front of the camera or behind the camera. And you see progress. It's still so much further that we can go when it comes to the type of opportunities that Blacks have, because you see them Blacks on TV all the time. we have seeing a lot more Black leads in TV shows, some of our favorite TV shows, but there's always room for more. I mean, it just was a few years ago when the Oscars, remember it was called Oscars So White, you know, it was like just a few years ago when that happened, you know? So it's like, there's still so much uh, room for improvement. Um, but I think especially because of the events in 2020 with the Black Lives Matter and everything going down, I feel like more people are really starting to, give us those opportunities. Um, but yeah, it's still a long road ahead of
1: us. Definitely. And you're making these strides, and you you got to work alongside um, in a film that is directed by Shirley Ralph. Can you tell me That's about true.
2: that? Oh, man, yeah. We shot that in the middle of the pandemic last year in the summer. Uh, but that was a great experience, you know, working under Shirley Ralph was truly a blessing. I learned so much from her. She was very fun to work with, you know, very, very energetic. Very, very encouraging. She affirmed you. You know, Cheryl is she knew she knew uh, she's been in the industry so long that she knew exactly what to tell you to get you there quick as an actor. You know, you can't say that about every director. Sometimes it is you're trying to understand what they're trying to get you to understand. But Cheryl, Lee, Cheryl Lee Ralph knew exactly what to do, um, but also having the opportunity to share the screen with Jasmine Love, uh, who is a phenomenal actress, phenomenal human human being. Uh, it was great to be able to work alongside her and build these characters
1: right right and that movie is called the waiting room correct yes sir the waiting room and I, I i um i was reading up about it and that movie is near and dear to you um yes. which could increase the passion of why it was such a a passion project for you correct
2: absolutely yeah bet and bet her came together to create an initiative to give awareness to breast cancer especially in our black community and it was near and dear to me because my grandmother had died of breast cancer plus my father he died of prostate cancer so cancer was a huge hit in my family you know so to be a part of a project that's going to help bring awareness to others so that so many other blacks won't have to go through the same process or the same hurts you know i was really excited to jump on board and just really get that message out like i've even partnered up with the health company to really make sure we got the word out
1: that's big that's very big so not only did you do the film but you you're, you're working outside of it to uh to bring awareness and everything because that is something that hit home for you so that's very big and um you know that that shouldn't go unnoticed at all so I'll give you your flowers for that one that's major thank you I appreciate that, that. no problem brother no problem you you had a involvement with another film um in which you had the opportunity to work with uh can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about that as well
2: Yes, I got to work in a Jamal Hill film called The Available Wife. Uh, Jamal Hill was one of those directors that I always wanted to work with for many years. So to have that opportunity to work under him and learn from him was amazing experience. Uh, that movie was about a, a young lady who got a multi-million dollar record label company illegally. You know, so it's a whole lot of secrets behind how she got it. So it's a fun movie, very, really, really good message, phenomenal acting. Uh, Oscar Gay Jr. is in it, Terrell Hill's is in it, like so many great actors are part of this movie that really told a beautiful story.
1: Great, great. And, you know, to, to uh, go back to you going from football, then, mm-hmm. you know, you get in the acting bubble and you get into these films. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you go from these passion projects. Do you have any like dream roles you would want to be involved in or, you know, hope that you could be able to get into?
2: Absolutely, because I love football so much and miss it a lot, just sports in general. like You know, I do basketball from time to time recreationally, but I would love a dream role in like a sports movie, whether it's a TV series or a movie like think of like a Friday Night Lights or Remember the Titans, like something like that, where it's the best of both worlds where I'm playing that sport. I want to do my own stunts like I already have it. On my vision board if i'm playing a sport i don't need no stunt double to do anything like i got this i can do it <laughs> you know but um yeah that's that would be a dream come true to get a role in a tv series about sports
1: definitely i um i took a look at your ig and i seen there was a post in which you know kind of um made sense to a lot of people because we're all affected by covid mm-hmm. and i seen how as well as it a, has it up um how it has affected you as well and I see you, you help with other actors as well and getting their things started and i see how COVID has affected with what you what you what you have going there with them can you uh expound on the initiatives you take with helping these new actors develop and um how did COVID affect that whole operation
2: yeah absolutely i started a studio in 2012 called mckinnon acting studio where it was an on-camera based studio to teach actors how to be professionally working actors You know, so over the years, we kept building, kept growing. Right before COVID hit, we was averaging almost 80 actors a week coming through the studio. So we were rolling. We were rolling and then COVID hit and we couldn't have any in-person classes. So there was nothing happening, no business flow at all for a while. And I was nervous to go teach the classes online, like because we didn't really prepare for that. We wasn't ready. So we took two months off. To try to figure things out and then we finally took that faith jump and said you know what right now this is the only way to teach and so many actors are still hungry and the industry was starting to reopen up after a while so i was like yo we have to figure out something so my team met and we decided to go ahead and offer our classes online and it was one of the best decisions we can do for the studio because now we're back to where we were before we have those same number of people coming in but now it's online so it was something new for the studio But what's great about that is now I'm not just focused on teaching actors in the DMV area, in DC, the DC area. Now I can talk to actors all over the world. So my clients have expanded to other states and other countries, you know, so to be able to teach what we teach in our philosophy, other places, other cities is just truly a blessing to be and be right at
1: home. Yeah. And see, this is a very cool thing that I like about you um, with reading up on you and everything. Not only did you... Hit the ground running and stay focused on what it is that you do. You also are helping other people get to that spot as well, and mm-hmm. spreading awareness about other things as well. So it's like you're you're doing the groundwork and still managing to be able to get your thing going and and set forth as well. So that's that's a very big thing on your end, bro. Thank, you.
2: Thank you. It's all it's, it's it's tough. It's difficult, but I'm finally learning a healthy balance. How to do both? Because there was a time where I was putting so much focus on the studio and the business of the studio that I was neglecting myself as a man and myself as an actor, you know. But two years ago, I really, re- really figured out, like, you know what? I cannot forget about myself. And once I started to reinvest in myself and my own training, I saw my career start to pick up even more, you know. So I, you know, I always advise people, you know, don't forget about yourself. No matter how good business can be going, no matter how much you love help helping other people. If you are not fulfilled, if you are not happy within yourself and what you want to do, you can literally in, implode. And I was, you know, I got to a place where I was imploding, but then I finally stepped out and made sure
1: I took care of myself. Cool, I dig As far as, um, I, I, I have a lot of friends that would like to get into the acting industry mm. or um, always looking for advice. What advice would you give an uh, uh, aspiring actor or actress that um, would like to come into the industry and do what you do?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Number one thing is craft. Learn the craft. you know. So I can't tell you how many newer actors want to show up and say, how do I get an agent right away? I'm like, have you been in class? Have you been learning? Yes, you need an agent, essentially. You need a manager, essentially. But you got to make sure that the product itself, which is your craft of acting, is good. So that's the first thing I would say is wherever you're located, find a local class that you can get into or find an online class that you can get into to learn the craft of acting to see if you have what it takes to even be good at this. It's not for everybody. You know, everyone can try it. Everyone should try it. But it really, when you really understand how deep it goes into breaking down a character and understanding what it takes to really build a character, you you will discover if you really want to do this or not. But that's the first thing is work on craft. The second thing is make sure you know who you are, right? Because if you don't know who you are, the industry will try to tell you who you are. And that's why you see so many people get bitter or they lose themselves. You start wondering why that person looks like this now, like because they let the industry dictate who they should be. But if an actor knows who they are and they stand their ground, who they are and their beliefs and what they want to go after, trust me, you can build your career that way. So trust who you are. Trust how God has made you and use that to your advantage. So when we see your headshots, we should see your personality. We should see the type of roles that you want to go for through that headshot. So that's the advice I would give to anybody who wants to get started is craft and also branding who you are. If you're funny and you know, you always the life of the party with being funny, brand yourself as that. Don't try to be something that you're not.
1: Definitely, that's great advice, great advice to go on. And um, what was the biggest piece of advice that you got getting into the industry?
2: Oh man, that's a good question. The biggest advice I would say I had, um, be hungry, but don't be thirsty. A lot of times, and what I mean by that, yes, you wanna be hungry, you wanna be able to be in a position where you want something so bad that you're willing to do what you need to do to get yourself through that process. But when you're thirsty, that means you're taking any and everything. You just, want, you just want to eat whatever comes, whether it's paying, whether it's not paying, whether it's a good project, but you just happy to say you're working on something. So that's one of the best advice I got was be hungry, don't be thirsty. And it decreased how often I was working because now I wasn't taking any and everything. I made sure that the projects was of a value. It was going to add something not only to myself, but to my community. You know, so that's what I would say or pass on to somebody else is whatever your passion is, be hungry about it, but don't be thirsty.
1: Yeah. And that makes sense because I look at the diversity in your roles and it, it speaks values you know, you. Um, with the roles that you participate in playing. So that that is great advice. And another thing I would like to ask, do you have anybody that inspires you in the acting world or somebody who like is your, your favorite actor or actress?
2: Yes, I love uh, John Boyega. Uh, he was in Star Wars. He did a couple of other movies as well. I love his work. I love Javon. out of I never always mess up his last name, but he's actually from the same area in Maryland that I'm from. But to see somebody from my neighborhood literally doing what he does is just amazing. He played the Sun and Fences. Um, he also played in um, the Jack Ryan second season. You know, he's done a lot of great job. He has a new movie that he's promoting now. Uh, but those are two actors who look like me. You know what I'm saying? They're Black men who are doing well and working on projects on a high level. You know, so seeing their work, it inspires me, it pushes me. Even Michael B. Jordan, you know, he almost matched what you said earlier. You know, you seeing a black man in a very diverse project. You know, you saw him in Fantastic Four. You know, he had got a lot of heat for that, but yet it still happened. He still broke that glass, you know. So to be a, a, a black actor and seeing somebody that looks like me in my community, succeeding on a level is just truly inspiring.
1: And um, from you going from being able to have this opportunity, um, do you, what, what is the difference that you see between TV and movies as far as an actor like is there a difference with how you go about it or what is that difference with, with- the, the
2: the character work is the same, you know, as far as what it takes to get into the character. The biggest difference for me is probably technique. A lot of times TV moves fast because there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of the story. You got to get in within a 45 minute window if it's a half an hour show in a 22 minute window. So the dialogue, you have to get through it. You know, you have to get through it. with film and TV. I mean, with well, film, you know, it's more of like it's slow, it's slower pace. You can take your time because you can you control how long the movie is. Whether you want it to be a short movie or long movie, you can take your time with your beats and with your rhythm and the flow of the scene. So for me, that's one of the biggest differences, the timing of the of the uh, two markets. But the other thing, too, is also um, the the the, um, the the character, the character work. Right. Because if you think about it, TV shows are not finished. Right. They write the pilot episode, maybe the first few episodes, but then the writers are writing based on who the actor is in that position. Right. Whereas a movie is complete. They know the character from beginning to end, like that actor in that two hour movie, you know, the whole story of that character. Whereas in TV show, you don't know what may happen you know, in a work relationship. They may end up in. you don't know when they're going to die. I can't tell you how many friends I have who are on shows and then they find out at the last minute that they're going to die. Like we can't say it publicly. But you didn't know when you got the role that you was going to die later on. Right. Yes. So to That's another difference between the two is film. You know, the whole world of that character Te- television, you don't.
1: And see, and that makes sense, because I remember I was looking at a and a Q&A session with Courtney Kemp
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, she was talking about the actors and actresses um, that are involved in power and how some of them, um, when they do their reading, they don't know until that day that they're being killed off. And yep. so, you know, I wonder how many other shows that go like that, or was it just that thing no, that it's they all had of
2: them. in power? That It's all of them. That is the writing. That's why, like, they don't know they're going to get renewed for ne- another season, right? So they have episodes to get through that season, and when they get renewed, they're ready to start writing and, you know, pushing out the more, se- you know, so it's like, you don't know. Every reading is a surprise for everyone. You know, that's why you sign an NDA, so you won't tell it, because if I know I'm going to die on the show, I can't put it out there, because now you're already expecting it, but now you're getting thrown off guard. Even one of my best friends in the industry, you know, when he booked uh, his role on power, he was on the new Ghost uh, series, like he was slated to do three episodes and that's all he knew he was gonna do. But then the writers kept writing him in some more. So they kept calling him to come back and film some more episodes. So that's what I mean by television is a living, breathing thing. You know, they're looking at the viewership and who's liking what characters and what the comments are saying. So now that you never knew a character was gonna start dating somebody, but because they're seeing what the audience is vibe and now they're able to write towards that. You know, so that's what's beautiful about TV is it's a living it's, I call it it's a Google Doc, you know, it's a living document. You know, it's just it's just gonna keep going on.
1: Cool, cool. And that's about man, that gotta be a thing if you go <laughs> in and you in a certain role, you don't know if you're gonna die in a role this week or whatever. You know, that gotta you know, be kind of nerve wracking a little yeah. bit.
2: Now, sometimes you do. Like when I booked Gotham, I knew from the very jump, this character is dying because it happened in that episode, you know, but when you're dealing with like a serious regular role or a huge recurring guest star role, a lot of times those characters are living, breathing characters. You just never know what turn they're going to take. Even Tyreek, you know, if you look at his story, his interview, when he first booked Power, that was supposed to be a co-star role. He was supposed to make a few appearances, say a couple of lines, keep it moving. Now he's the lead character of a whole new season. Right. So the writers, they saw how his character was developing, how the storyline was de- developing. And so it led to him being that guy. Look at Game of Thrones. You know, Game of Thrones have characters and you watch the first season. You don't know who was going to get where. But then by the time you get to the final season, you're like, wow, like this guy is the star of the show now. You know, so it's just like you just never know where it's going to go.
1: So this is a question I always want to ask uh, to anybody in the acting world. You being an actor, how how, how is it that um you deal with not taking a character home with you, like right? not being so stuck in it that you just don't carry work home with actually embodying that character in your real life. How, how do you go about that?
2: I saw this interview uh, with LL Cool J while I was in college and he filmed this movie called In Too Deep. I'm not sure if you ever saw that, but he played like a gang lord. And I remember early in my career when I saw that interview, he talked about how that was one of the worst times in his marriage was doing that role. Because of the type of character and the the different things he picked up from that character he was bringing that home, it was messing up his marriages. So I'm glad I saw that at that time, because it allowed me to be more aware of that as I continue to get different type of roles, it's going to stretch me and be characters that's not who I am. You know, I didn't want to bring that home and kill my marriage or mess up what I built with my wife, you know. And so I'm always praying, I'm a man of faith, so I'm always praying before I accept every any role, before I ever start filming. I'm praying to ask God to separate me from that character in their life, right? Because as an actor, you have to get deep and connect with them. Let's say if I'm playing a killer, right? I have to find why that, that killer enjoys killing people. He's not just doing it because he's a bad guy. That guy doesn't think he's bad. In his mind, he's doing it for a reason. So you start to enjoy why that person is doing something. Let's say like you're playing a cheater or a womanizer, right? You start to pick up those habits, right? So that's why I'm always praying, like, God, separate me from those characteristics, right? That I can take it off. So whenever I come home from filming, like, I never let it come home. I might talk about, you know, the day with my wife, but I never come home and bring that attitude or or bring, you know, whatever type of word or line I say. I don't care if it's a smooth line and the character got a woman from it. I'm not going to bring that home to my wife right? Because that's not authentic coming from me. That's somebody else's words, you know? So that's one of the ways that I always separate the two is I pray.
1: Yes. And that's, and that's a good thing to, you know, to carry on and live by because we've heard stories about certain actors getting sucked into the role that it led to them just like ending life and stuff like that. So it's like, that's very major to, uh you know, to keep forth and, you know, in mind. Mm-hmm. Another thing I would like to ask as well is like, when I I'm a DJ on the side as well, and when I go to the clubs, mm-hmm. I'm very critical of other DJs that I hear playing because now I'm in the world of doing that mm-hmm. with you being an actor and you looking at movies or TV shows. Do you get that same type of feeling that the the criticism that you think in your mind when you look at something being that you you are actor yourself?
2: Mine's is different, though. I don't look at it as why is an actor doing this role that way? Like that actor earned that role. He got the role. I don't care if people think the role is bad or not. I respect it because for one, I know how hard it is to learn those lines and to get into character and get to work with the director. Like it takes a lot to get there, you know. So if anything, when I'm watching an uh, actor on TV, I am I have much respect for what they did to get there.
1: Dope, dope. Dig it. You um, say so you're a praying man. Yes. Another thing that I found that's amazing is you're a local minister. Yes. yes how sir. did you get into that?
2: Um, So I grew up um, in my church home called City of Praise Family Ministries. Um, And it started off with me being a director of drama ministry. You know, I was writing uh, the church plays there for Easter and for Christmas. And then one day my bishop and pastor came to me and said, you know, you're leading souls of Christ through your art, you know, and they said we think you have what it takes to be a minister. We want to start putting you through classes to become a minister. And I ran from it at first because I was like, I don't want that title. I don't want to wear the collar. You know, I don't want people to like disown me, especially at the studio, you know, because it's like some people, they think somebody's a man of faith. that like, oh, he's gonna bring that on me. Like I didn't want that, but I ran from it. But then I started learning how much being a minister doesn't mean you have to be behind a a pulpit or you have to wear the collar all the time, every single day, right? My everyday life, I'm a walking, breathing minister. Whether I have a sheet of paper that says it or not, that's what I do, you know? So I prayed about it and God told me, this is what I want you to do. So I did get ordained, that was 2016. Um, that I got ordained as a minister and literally to this day in class is still learning everything about it. Uh, but it's something that I'm proud of. It's something that I carry with me. I never like flag it on somebody's face. I never walk around like, Hey, I'm a minister. I don't talk about it a lot. A lot of times I let my natural conversation, but if you ever sit down and have a conversation with me, it would naturally come out and I'm not throwing it in your face. It's just what I talk about my faith, you know, the advice I give, even when I'm coaching sometimes, uh, John Maxwell says something that's key, because a lot of people didn't know that he was a pastor. And John Maxwell is one of the biggest business advisors of all time. All right? He said what he did was when he was teaching his business, uh, uh, business principles, he was really using Bible scriptures, just taking the scripture off of it. But the principle was there. It's literally the same thing when I do when I'm trying to brand somebody as an actor in order for you to understand your brand and your type. You got to know who you are. So that's what a ministry comes in right there. If I can get you to get in tune with your spirit and who you are. I don't have to preach to you, but I'm helping you align with your spirit, so that way you can build who you are.
1: Dope. That's real dope. With you being a uh, local minister and everything, um, and then in the acting world, uh, does that uh, that does that play a role in affecting what roles you would like to take on um, that may go against the faith? At first,
2: I I try to separate the two. <laughs> But I learned very quickly, if you, I almost could do no role if that was the case, right? Because roles going to have either cursing, drinking. I know how to separate the two, right? I know how to leave work at home. Now, I would never do anything that I wouldn't want my mom to watch. Like, you would never see me naked on the screen or anything like that. But there are roles that I take on that may not be the Christian type of role or man of faith type of role. But at the end of the day, it's about the story. It's about the message. Like, what message? How am I helping another human being in life based on the message of this story?
1: Got it that's that's cool man i definitely hope to see you more on the screen and future projects you have going anything you um you want to put out there in the atmosphere as far as things you have in the works or coming soon
2: right there's some things in the works that i can't talk about yet all i can tell people just keep following my page hopefully you see the good news soon uh there are some things in the works though and i'm really excited
1: about it and i cannot wait to work on them cool and uh tell people how they could uh Follow you on social media, your social media handles.
2: Absolutely. I'm on Instagram. You can find me on there at the Mark TheMarkMcKinnon. I'm also on Facebook at Mark McKinnon Entertainment. And then you can also f- follow my story on my website at TheMarkMcKinnon.com.
1: Cool, cool. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you uh, chopping it up with me here at the living room. And I'm definitely looking forward to conversation in the future and, and you know, seeing everything else you have going in the near future as well.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you and much success to you and your show as
0: well, man. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate y'all listening and checking in with me here at the living room, man. And for all y'all day ones, the ones that keep listening to me and checking in and giving feedback and looking at everything I got and listening to everything I got. Hats off to you, and I appreciate you, because that's what keeps me going, man. Y'all, the people, for the culture. And it's a new season, man. We're talking season two, so it's going to keep on getting bigger and growing from here, man. So I appreciate everybody rocking out with me. And any business owners, you got a product or anything that you want to advertise, holla at me, because we're doing it over here at the Living Room Podcast. Shoot me an email at the living room Podcast at gmail.com, and we could chop it up, man, because I want to pay it forward just like people paid it forward to me, man. So I appreciate y'all. Until next time, I'm out. And remember, before you come into the living room, take your shoes off.